Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm just going to continue the conversation we've been having in the studio before this show started. I went to the Apple store the other day, and I got an upgrade, a new phone. And then they had these plastic cases here, rubber cases, and they have all these new colors. So I'm like, wow, yeah. cool. Because I have a black. Usually you go black, right? I always go black. Right. But now that I have kids and that whole thing, I want my phone to be out somewhere I could see it. I want to get a color in the mix so it doesn't get easily lost. Because, you know, these they, these kids are like little, uh, they got like sticky fingers, literally. Like they snatch up everything. When I got in here to my desk, I looked at my iPad. I have about eight different pictures that I didn't realize that they got videos that they're making on my phone. Yeah, they can get into these things very exactly. Easy. Yes. So I go and I look at the wall and I see, oh, there's a white case. Nah, white, but it doesn't really pop too much. You know, we need like, you know, then there's like red. I was like, red's cool. You know, and then they have like teal and all these colors. So then I see this orange and I'm like, yeah, black and orange. That looks sick. I like, right. you know, I like black and orange, like neon orange. So I buy it. And I'm rocking it. I'm like, yeah, sick. It's orange. And then I get to my office, and David Arroyo, our director of operations for the movement, he's like, dude, that case is like coral or something. And I'm all, coral? I don't even know what coral is. I told you, it looks like salmon. And you said salmon. Now I'm all insecure. So all you guys that are watching the video right now. Yeah, you must have looked at the look lighting in the stores. How does it look from here? Like, <laughs> match up with my teeth. <laughs> Oh, the lighting. You're, you're turning over a new leaf or, or something. The lighting was wrong. The lighting in the store. You know how much this thing was? How much? I can't even say. Because <laughs> now I'm stuck with a <laughs> coral salmon case that's not orange. Hilarious. Horrible. So Hilarious. Now, now I'm insecure. <laughs> oh, so today um, I'm about to leave because I was watching the kids today by myself. And I'm that, you know, that parent where uh, I turn around and I hear, Sadie, like, look, and, and Evelyn has her arms behind her hands. No, her arms are behind her, her back. Her back. Okay. Hidden. And then and she's like, oh, their hair down in her face, like all like trying to hide. And then also she pulls her hands forward and she has permanent marker oh. going all up and down her arms. It looks like she's sleeved with tattoos. Oh, that's and I'm the worst like, to get I'm, off. I, immediately I'm like, no. And then Sadie starts crying. I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't mean no. Like, you're not in trouble. But I just don't want you to get this permanent marker all over the walls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I don't care if you put it on each other, whatever. Dude. If you want to, like, look like little crazy marked up kids, that's, you know, like what we used to do to Chongo. Yeah, exactly. When <laughs> we used to get drunk, we put markers all over his face. <laughs> I found one of those photos the other day. I've seen one of those, too, actually, recently. So, yeah, I got the marker, and I was like, where in the heck did you get this black permanent marker? You know, probably actually at the office now I'm thinking about it. But, yeah, it was uh, – then I thought about that story when Chuck Smith – you know, I was listening to some Bible study from Chuck Smith, and he said that – uh, one day when he was like six years old, he decided he was going to help his dad paint the garage. And I guess he opened up. Did you ever hear that study? Yeah, I've heard the story. He opened up uh, red paint uh-huh. and he basically painted the whole garage with red paint. Yep. And I don't remember the end of the story, but I'm sure his butt looked red too when the whole thing was done. <laughs> but, you know, I thought about, oh my gosh, like I'm just waiting for that day. I'm going to come home. Oh, Has that happened to you? I've had, mul- what are you talking about? I got three boys. I've had multiple of those days. I've had those days when you're like trying to rest upstairs in your in your upstairs room, and then you're like it's kind of quiet. Go downstairs, like what what's going on? Look over my because I can look down from the the second story down to the living room. Yeah. And a brand new ottoman that we had. This is when they were young. They were like probably three and four. They had taken their plastic screwdrivers and hammers and like 
poked in like probably like twenty holes in the ottoman. In the ottoman just, just shredded it. Yeah. So that, that's it. That, that was can't it. Do anything. That's it. No, that was done. Yeah, they murdered it. That's basically. when you pull out the peacemaker, <laughs> the paddle. This is the peacemaker. Oh yeah, they can make they can do damage very quickly. My kids, my kids don't even care. I'll be like, hey, I'm spank you if you. They don't even care. They're like, so. I had just painted all the way through our, our house and probably been up for like a, a few weeks. And Jet and Cohen were, you know, did all these coloring pages or whatever. And, you know, they had glue. I'm laying down and they're like, Dad, Dad, come, come check out all the stuff that we did. And they're in the hallway. I just painted it a couple of weeks ago at this point. They glued probably about 15 different pieces of coloring paper on the wall just so they could see it. And that stuff wouldn't come off for nothing, man. Jacked up the whole wall. But, uh, that day will come. Yes. They're only they're almost be three, so it's it's happening. So I just got a text from the future, from Phil in Australia. You know they're eighteen hours ahead. Okay, so what they say? That's technically the future. He's tuning in, so don't don't talk about him. <laughs> don't say anything. What's up, Phil? How you doing, man? Don't talk about him. Bad guy. Bad guy. Um, he's awesome. He's actually coming from Australia. We we toured all of Australia with him. That was that one of the hosts from um, Sydney, Australia. That's mm-hmm. a really cool thing going on out there. Um, well, you got a lot of stuff going on lately, you know, um, c- coming here to, to the radio show. I know I've been busy. I've been sick to, as a dog these last couple of weeks, but just seeing all these doors that continue being opened up as far as I know you were at lifelines last night. Um, you know, went to the East coast just a little bit ago, more opportunities that are just flowing. Like, like what's going on right now for you? Well, we're working on, um, you know, God's been showing up a lot as we've been touring and we're seeing the same thing everywhere we're going. And it's, I just keep saying it because everywhere we go, it doesn't matter. East coast, West coast, Australia, um, Mexico, wherever we go, people, this the younger generation, they're, they're running to Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, so we're continuing to book tours right now. We just got back from Florida. Um, I actually did a pre-recorded show about that right when we got back, we're going to probably air that in a week or two. Um, but huge things happened on that trip. That it was just really amazing. And then um, we're booking uh, Colombia right now. I think we're heading to Mexico, back to Cuernavaca, Mexico City, yeah, mid, mid um, in a couple, I think, two weeks from now. And then um, we're booking another Florida tour because it was it went down so hard out there. We're going to be wow. going back to the Orlando side and then moving down to Miami Beach with our homies down there. And then um, trying to think, what else? There's uh we're working on it. Oh, East Coast. The East Coast opened up. And I know we're on tons of radio stations out nice. there. So we'll be out in what part uh, of the East we're Coast? gonna be in New York City. We'll be in uh New Jersey. Uh we'll be in upstate New York. We'll oh, be in wow. Philly. Um and uh, I think Delaware County as well. So I'll be out there for two weeks, basically every night of the week. I'll be Are you going out? Th- I mean, dude, out there was that where it was like twenty below this last week or something? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna <laughs> wait about four months. No, <laughs> I saw, I was seeing stuff on the news, twenty nine below different places. Like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, I'm a I'm from Cali. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're not doing that whole uh, freezing. You know, I went to New York one time on a skateboard tour when I used to manage the team, and we went there in October, and we were trying to get some, you know, get a couple clips before the winter hit. And dude, when we got there, I showed up like in a zip up, maybe you know, a zip up yeah. was just like Levi's or whatever. Dude, the cold front came in. It came in early that year. Literally, we had to buy gloves and like we were freezing, dude. I was like, I literally, we just we we went to one park, we skated a couple of street spots, we got changed our flight, we were out of there because yeah. you know none of us were prepared for this. 
No. Came no. back to California. But, um, yeah, it's pretty freezing over there. But we will be going, I think, in about three months from now, hitting that up. And just, um, you know, and then obviously during the summer, during the summertime, we're going to be touring South America. A door open for Guatemala, 110 schools. Amazing. Yeah, so we're going to be hitting that. So we're going to have to probably do a couple trips. I figure if we do three schools a day and we do three schools a day, five days a week, that's what, um, 15? Yep. So if you do two weeks, that's 30 schools. And then maybe uh, maybe do a couple, you know, couple, well, it, couple different trips. It's yeah. just a trip to think about, you know, over the last couple of years of doing all of these things. And I know there's always that anticipation and man let's see what god's going to do this next year next year and you know the first year was i forget how many and then it was it doubled and then it tripled and then more doors and more different avenues and stuff it's just been amazing but one thing you talk about a lot and i hear a lot of people talking about on different platforms as well of just the openness for the for the younger people for on their end like when you're talking about the things of jesus you're talking about the things of hope and like so needed and um, it's prime. And I think for so many people that we have, we're inundated with so much information. We talk about this a lot. Um, and sometimes you can get spun with so much negativity that that's out there. But there is so much opportunity right now. Um, and I think that we have to be like kind of zoned in on what God has for us personally mm-hmm. because there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the harvest is ripe. I mean, the, the fruit is literally so ripe. It's falling off the tree. You just got to go. Scoop it up. But um, Jesus has called us to be fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And we, there's different bait, obviously. There's different bait. There's different kinds of fishing. There's deep sea. There's, you yeah. know, uh, fly fishing. There's uh, lake fishing, you know, stream fishing. There's all these different kinds of fish. There's all kinds of different bait. There's all kinds of different temperatures, you know. Yeah. Alaska fishing was ice fishing. I mean, you you name it. So what we have to figure out as a church mm-hmm. Christians and how to reach the, you know, this next generation is how are we going to communicate with them? I think it's just that the communication is, is the most crucial. And what I've, what we've seen is that, you know, people are going, well, what like, do you talk about the, I've had so many people go, do you talk about the cross? Do you talk about repentance? You know, how are you getting all these students to run forward and give their life to Jesus? And I'm like, yeah, I tell them they're all a bunch of dirty sinners. Just like me. Yep. The only difference is I'm saved by grace, right? You know, and I talk about the cross and who Jesus is and what he did there. And anyone that believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I preach the cross and I just tell my story of, of the goodness and grace of what God has done. I'm not there to judge them and condemn them mm-hmm. and, and, and tell them to turn or burn and, you know, they're going to go to hell. What I do tell them is I tell them about the, where I was how I was on the highway to hell and that I was empty and broken mm-hmm. from everything I was in. And then I found God. I re- then I talk about me repenting and what repenting means. And then I talk about how I got forgiven and how I got filled with the Holy spirit and how the Holy spirit started doing this supernatural work in my life, changing, you know, make, getting rid of that old man and yeah. creating that new man. And then I start talking about all the rad things that God does in your life. Cause when you give your life to God, when you sow the things of the spirit, you reap the things of the spirit. And I talk about the story of what God's done in my life in the last 10 years. And it, it's so attractive of what God has done, his grace and mercy in my life that he does in everyone's lives as, as they surrender and give their life to him, that they're literally coming and running to Jesus. Yeah. It's not intimidating. It's, it's something that they actually want in their life. They want peace. 
They want grace. They want mercy. They want forgiveness. They feel shame. They feel dirty. They know they're, they're sinners. They want God in their life, and they want to know that God loves them. Instead of saying that God is a judge and he hates you, know, hates you, whoever you are, Jesus said out of his mouth, God so loved the world that he gave his son, which is Jesus Christ, that whosoever, anybody believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus didn't come into the world to judge the world but to save the world through his son. It's very simple. And very I, simple. I, and I think that the, one of the things that we talk about a lot, and I know you speak about when it, it relationships so much different than religion. Uh, people don't want religion. When it comes to relationship, yes, like you, you want that change. You want love. You want that compassion. All the things that are offered to you in a relationship with God. Um, and a lot of people you see, I, and I believe a lot of people are open because um, they just – go down pathways that kind of lead the, to to nowhere. I, I, that's why we've talked about the new age movement has always been so um, alluring to a lot of people because it has this disguise of spirituality. But the problem is, is that it's all mixed up and it goes a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. The things of, of the gospel and of truth and of Christ, it's straightforward. It's truth. It's reliable. Um, it's time tested and and it's, the real deal and that's what the, the bible says 100 percent. we i forgot we we're supposed to be taking calls tonight i know i'm just waiting for you <laughs> all right let's uh let's put the call in number and i'm gonna need david to come in here and get my uh, screen set up so i can see the calls we are going to be taking you guys' calls tonight and the number is 888-564-6173 again 888-564-6173 we're going to be talking about anything that you guys want to talk about. Maybe you have a question regarding your, your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're struggling with something. You have a question from my, um, me or Ryan regarding just the, the Christian life, something you want to discuss. We are down to talk about any topics that you guys want to talk about here this evening. A lot of things going on continually with the whosoever. Always encourage you guys to go to the website and just keep up with speed with all that's taking place. Follow on social media as you see where uh, Ryan and the team has been able to go. The Kill the Noise Tour is still going on, and there's many opportunities. Uh, Ryan's been able to speak multiple places with God's signs in the storms and still booking that as well. Yeah. And so all these things are there for you. These resources are for you. Um, I also encourage you because uh, I just want to share this, Ryan, because uh, you know you do the show a lot, but I, I've been able to be... Um, in contact with a lot of people that God has that God has used, like uh, your website where it has your "I am second and stuff. People that can relate to the lifestyle that you came out of, and so all those things are there for you as well, guys. I encourage you to go to RyanReese.com because there you have all the podcasts, you have all the videos of these shows that have gone back over a couple of years, but also some of the other videos to his YouTube channel that you could share and share with people that might be going through a lot of stuff and they could relate and connect. And we did just drop an app. So you actually, yep. you can just download the Whosoever's app to make it even easier. So it can just be on deck. And we will notify you when we go live with our radio show so you can watch it right there on the video cast. So make it easy. Download it. The app is uh, $100. No, I'm just joking. It's actually 100% free. So get it. All right. Let's give that number out one more time 888 Six one seven three. 
This is amazing. So, um, yeah, basically, Sean McKeon, the tours have been going great. Yeah. And uh, God is opening more doors. And this generation, they're... People want to be inspired. And yeah. I think that that's where people get And you know, you see it through social media. You know, everybody's trying to do do a new company, do new things, you know, get themselves out there, communicate with people. There are people that are hurting. They see things on the news, right? Um, and so it is so prime to be able to communicate with people. Um, and we do have an amazing platform wherever God has given to us. I think it's... When it comes down to discovering why you were created, that is where you're going to find the answers for your own personal life. Mm-hmm. And in and I, I think about that. It's so easy to take each day for granted. But to think about just very simply, like God's called us, he's created us. And when we discover the reason for which we were created, then all life changes. And there's opportunities. There's a venture. There's, um, you know, really... Um, not taking for granted the things that God has given you, relationships and everything as well. So, I want to I want to talk about it. I would like to add, you know, about that life that you were created for. Because there's a lot of people that are like, okay, I'm following God, but you know, the things in my life or just things aren't really clicking. So I want to analyze how Jesus says in one of the passages that you could uh, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Okay. Because there's a lot of people that have said, that called on the name of the Lord, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, come into my life. And they gave their life to Jesus at one time. But if you were to look at their life spiritually, they might look like a tree that has bad fruit. Mm. And then they might be questioning saying, well, why in the heck I gave my life to God years ago, but nothing has really been working out right. I feel like I'm the same guy that I was five years ago. Mm. When, can you explain that whole tree parable? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I think um, when it talks about the tree, uh, good fruit, bad fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fruit is something that's produced in a tree. And if we are a tree, um, what's going to come out of your life? If it's things that are good, it's going to be the things of the Lord. Things that are bad, it's going to be the things of uh, the flesh. And there's a cleansing process that has to take place. If my life is surrendered to the things of God, then those things of good fruit are going to come out. Now, if I'm not allowing God to like cleanse my heart, because we've talked about it before, how does that look like practically? It means I give my life to the Lord, but man, I still got this filthy mouth. Or, uh, you know, you, you're struggling with pornography. You're struggling with different stuff. Those are things of like bad fruit or, you know, being vindictive, being angry all the time. These are all like anger, uh, bitterness, all that bitterness, resentment, just getting fleshed out all the time, getting angry all the time. Those are examples of, of bad fruit that's being produced from the tree. And what the Lord is saying is like, that's not how it should be. Something has to change. And how does that change? The tree needs to be cleansed. How is it cleansed? By God's word, by prayer, by the Holy Spirit working in your life. It takes relationship. Um, without being connected, you're not going to see that you're dirty. Um, because the enemy wants us to walk in filth and garbage and and uh, have all that filth, uh, but the Lord wants us to have freedom. If you are walking with the Lord, that your tree, you as a tree should be producing good fruit. Your language begins to change. Your desires begin to begin to change. The things that are important to you begin to change. Um, and the same thing as well. But if you're not pouring into the things of God, if you're not surrendered to the Holy Spirit, 
then the things of the flesh are still going to take priority, which will always lead you back into bondage again, and you start spinning your wheels over and over. So you're saying there has to be a change there has in your to be life. A change. Yes. Well, you were talking about the word where um, people are always asking about repentance. What's repentance? Mm-hmm. You've heard that before. All it means is this: like you you admit there's a problem, yep. and you want to change it. Yep. I don't want to continue living this life. And everybody's been through this time because of Because you're basically admitting, when you're repenting, you're saying, I am a tree with bad fruit. Yep. I need to change. So now I need to change my life so I can produce good fruit. Yeah. That's what repenting is. Yes. Now, a lot of us in times past woke up on Monday mornings and they're like, I need to change because <laughs> I had I was hungover. I had a horrible weekend. I spent all my money. Like, man, I got to change. I know I thought like that for years. Like, something Every has to Monday. Give, right? But... It doesn't follow through because you're not taking the steps of you might acknowledge it, but you're not really wanting to change to a point where it costs you something. It costs something. So I got another question for you. I know these answers, but I'm just asking them for the sake of the interview. Yeah. So do you believe if someone says, um, if you've given your life to Jesus, once you've given your life to Jesus, you're saved and you're always saved. Once saved and always saved. So you said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Are you always saved or can you lose your salvation? That's a tough question. And that's one that a a lot of people would debate back and forth, you know. Um, And really, it is a a question from uh, Calvinism and all that kind of stuff that, you know, these high minded people that have argued those that truth for so long. Mm -hmm. But I think what you have to come down to is the basics. You know, the Lord calls us to obedience. The Lord calls us to to walk in Him. The Lord calls us to abide and dwell with Him. And so when you go into the level of like giving your life to the Lord and you have a relationship with God, you're, you know, serving Him, you're praying, you're reading your word, and then you drift away. The Bible talks about so much all through the New Testament about if you continue living this lifestyle and you don't repent, why do you think you shall inherit the kingdom of God? There's a scripture at the end of the book of James that actually says that, brethren, if anyone is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore them. Let them know that you have saved that sinner from damnation or death. Mm-hmm. He's talking to a believer, somebody that has wandered and been led astray. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that there is, is a point, but I believe God's grace and his mercy is far beyond us understanding. You don't it's know. It's not us like making a mistake, saying that. No, yeah. no, no. It is a continual rejection and a resisting and forsaking the things of, of the faith, going back to the things of the world, not, not wanting anything to do with the things of the Lord, never coming to a place of brokenness and repentance again. Right. So like were they ever saved? Maybe and they the, said the prayer. And those are arguments that people will have. You have to figure out. Because John the Baptist says if a tree doesn't produce good fruit, it would be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Oh, yeah. And then there's that other thing where Jesus was talking about um, where it talks about and on the last day when people enter heaven, you know, someone say, hey, I prophesied in your name. I casted out demons in your name. And Jesus says, I never knew you workers of iniquity. Yeah. Get out of here. I think just looking at all of uh, Paul's letters, 14 of them, if you can include the book of Hebrews, which others, you know, kind of go back and forth of if that was something that he wrote. Um, but the fact that there's so much encouragement to walk in holiness and obedience to the Lord and not to walk in carnality. You just look at the book of Corinthians itself and all the rebuke towards those that were living in lifestyles 
that are against the things of God. Sexual morality, laying with prostitutes again, uh, division, all these things that react um, works of the flesh. And he's speaking to the church. I think just looking at those things themselves, you have to take that into consideration. Um, I believe God's grace and his love is past us um, under with a past understanding. Um, but I also believe that we are not to continue living a lifestyle of sin that they say, oh, you know, God's grace covers me. Paul talks about this in the book of Romans chapter 6 where he says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And his answer is like, no way, certainly not. How shall we continue to live in sin when we've been set free from it? Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe that the most important thing is living a life that is surrendered to the Lord by the power of his Holy Spirit. And we don't, you don't even have to, you know, um, debate those questions where you're standing as a God. I've had, as a walking with... I don't want to take those chances. Yeah. Walking with the Lord for 14 years, I can say, like, I've never doubted where I stand with God. And yeah, I would say that also, I've never, I'm not a perfect person either. I've had bad days. I, I've gotten angry. I've, I've done stupid things over time. Yeah. I have my thoughts go, go astray. You know, you battle with lust. You battle with different things of uh, anger and all those kind of things. But continuing living after them and not allowing conviction to take place in my life. That's a place that I haven't let myself go down that way for a long time. That's that's where I like. That's where I say, you know, if you've given your life to God and you're living one way, mm -hmm. and then you look back three, four years later, and there's been no change. Yeah. Right. I and mean, there's the proof is like the proof. There's no change because yeah. the Bible says you become a new creation in Christ. Yeah, I was talking about this the other too. So right now we're we're teaching right now. Um, on Fridays on the Sermon on the Mount, which is so convicting. It is so convicting. And the two that we've um, covered the last couple of weeks is number one was murder beginning in the heart. Number two, adultery starting in the heart. And th those are heavy portions of scripture. Talk about those. So when it says that murder begins in the heart, he's saying that I, we know that in the, the, uh, the commandment, it says you shall not murder your brother, but I say to you, if you have hate in your heart towards this individual, this person, he's saying that you're they're guilty. Um, now the level is this: there's two different types of angry. It talks about here in the Bible in this particular area. You know, there's the angry where we can relate it to like driving on the freeway. Somebody cuts you off, you're like, oh, real quick, you get angry, but you get over it when you realize the guy's you know dr drifting away. Uh, same thing, people are going to be upset at the, the football game tomorrow. Their team's about to win, and then they, they lose, you know? And then, you know, the emotions go away. You're not angry anymore. But the angry that it's talking about here in Matthew chapter 5, it says that this anger towards this individual, it's like a fire. It's a fire that doesn't go away, and it intensifies this in your heart, and the anger turns to bitterness, and it turns to resentment, and not taken care of can turn to murder, basically. All sin starts in the heart. It doesn't just happen overnight. The same thing with adultery. Adultery. Um, you just don't wake up one day and walk in and go cheat on some chick the first girl you see. Uh, it's a process. No, no. You know, one thing that Chuck Smith used to say, and I, I love this little phrase. He's like, people used to always use a terminology, oh, he fell into sin. Or he fell into sin. He's like, you don't fall into sin. You walk into sin. Mm -hmm. You have the Holy Spirit working in your life. And there's all the, the warning signs around you. You know, you have a, a girl checking you out that you know you have no business getting into like a conversation with because it's 
something that's totally of the flesh, but you're like, oh, you know what? You start to justify it. Or you start going somewhere or watching something or doing something that there's conviction over you. And what the enemy wants to do is he just wants to numb you with emotion. He just wants to allow you to get a little bit comfortable in your surroundings. And so you can let your guard down and that he can infiltrate once again. And so everything begins in the heart. And those, that's why I say those things are so... Um, so convicting because I don't you have bad days. I have bad oh, days. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get frustrated sometimes. I, and it's like, I think sometimes you even getting older. I had know? a horrible day yesterday. I had a horrible day the <laughs> other day. I just felt like, so like, like just kind of stressed. I don't even know why. Like, I just felt like short and just like, ugh, you well, know, hold that thought right yeah. there because we're going to be going to break in about 20 seconds. Okay. We're going to continue to talk about this. This is good stuff. Are you listening live with Ryan Reese? And if you want to get the past shows, hit our app up at the Whosoever's um, on the Apple Store. You can get all the past shows. And uh, we would love to take your calls, but for some, for some reason, they keep dropping. Um, oh, looks like we have one on hold now. So the phone lines must be working now. So the number is 888 Seven three. Give us a call. I guess the phone lines are working. You know, in California, a little bit of rain, a little bit of sprinkle, and everyone knows starts what crashing. <laughs> phone lines are going down. I mean, you know, accidents. We'll see you guys right after the break. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Everything all right? Call now one eight 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 five six four sixty one seventy three or post your questions using the hashtag Live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now back to live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. So, Sean, before the break, you were saying you're very angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the mellow one. I'm just saying that, you know, I think all of us sometimes can have uh, tough days, tough challenges. And I will say that because we talk about the changed life. And God does change your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But you have to reckon that old man to be dead because that old man wants to pop up. And the enemy is going to give you so many opportunities to feed the flesh to Maybe get vengeance on someone that cut somebody with your mouth and act, react in the flesh. And when the Lord is calling you to walk in the spirit and there's a lot of challenges, sometimes it's just doing everything right. And then you start having your world cave in. Maybe it's a financial crisis that happens. Uh, something happens at work and all these things. And you start thinking that things are against you. And if you kind of buy into that kind of thought processing you can start getting really discouraged. That's where I've seen a lot of people kind of falter over time because they're not seeing the challenges as opportunities for growth. They're, not, they're, they're forgetting that the God that changed their life and transformed their life from drugs, alcohol, from a jacked up marriage is the Lord that's still in control, created the heavens and the earth and can help us in our issues and problems. And that's what he wants us to do. So, yeah, I but like this, like this, like I said, well, yeah, bad days. It's like that story, like Peter when he was walking on water and he got his eyes off of uh, Jesus and started sinking. Yep. Um, that's Very, that's that's our that's our story. You know, we're all walking by faith, but then you know these these situations come in and we get 
our eyes off of God, and then we start stressing out, and that's why we have to continue to keep pressing in to the spirit life yeah. and um, just produce fruit, you know, yeah. in, in our life. You'll, you'll know. You can look at your life. You, you'll know if God's working in your life or, or not. So definitely um, let's stick to uh, trying to be that that, that good tree. Yeah, not yeah. That, and not let me tree. just say this, too. There's grace and mercy. There's grace, grace and mercy, mercy all over the place. But yeah. don't sell yourself short by by a cop-out. When the, what I mean by a cop-out is like, oh, man, this is just the way I am. This is the way I was brought up. This, You know. You know That's why Jesus says I make you a new creation. New creation. You, yeah. you can't use that excuse. You know, I'm Irish. I drink. I this. I, Look, you know, I'm this kind of guy. My dad was like this, so I fight and I argue. That's just how I am. That's just your worldly mentality. You're, you're talking about the flesh. and That means that God has no power. Exactly. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, look at our lives, the way we live, the fact that we're... No, for sure. ...who we are now, and we by no means have we arrived, but from what we were, big change. Big change. It's the power of God. So, I, know, I know we're going to start taking calls in, in a little bit. Um, a lot of calls are coming in, like you were saying, they were dropping. Like you said, Southern California, rain comes, you know, people lose their minds. But um, 888-564-6173 is the number. Triple 888-564-6173. Six one seven three. If you want to call in and join the discussion here this evening, great. Um, trying to get line three now. I don't even know if this thing's working. There we go. Uh, there it goes. Turn green. There we go. Samuel. Samuel. Hello. What? How you doing, <laughs> what's sir? What's going on? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what's What's good? What's your question tonight? Uh, so my question is kind of like on what you guys are talking about. How I was hearing like the beginning of the show, you guys talking about how God is really pouring into your ministry. But my question is, how can like someone that's living in that generation really pour into others around? Especially through like how our generation is really used to social media and all that tech stuff. How can we bring like with those type of platforms? What would you think on that? I think his question is um, being able to, he, you kind of broke up. You're talking about like being able to connect with people through the, the tech, technological age, basically, all the social media that yeah. people have, right? And using that way of communication to communicate to people. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, Ray? Um, I mean, I don't, I, I think personally that, Everyone has to find their, their, their unique call. And once you find your unique yeah. call, then you'll be influential because God has created you for a specific plan and purpose. Like our call is maybe not your call or someone else's call. But when you find your call, like there's these dudes, this guy and this girl that I'm going to have actually on my show soon. Um, they, they run a, a rave ministry. And uh, long story short, they were doing youth group stuff. And... Um, one of the kids OD'd, like one of their best friends OD'd from like drugs. And they were going, we're so caught up in this youth group kit, youth group. No one's getting saved. We're preaching to the choir. And one of our best friends died from right underneath us. So they go like, like this doesn't seem right. Like, is this our call? There's just no fruit. There's nothing like happening here. So then they, they just asked God, <laughs> God, what do you want us to do? And basically God showed them to go out. They said their friend was a partier. Go reach the party kids. Well, where are the party kids? Well, they're in raves. They're either partying at their house or they're, they're doing drugs either at their house, at a rave, or at a party somewhere. Yeah. So they started uh, doing these raves, 
and they've been promoting at their schools and they've been using, you know, their social media, their, their whole social media platform. That's how they're communicating. They, you sent that to me the other day. Yeah, I sent you. Yeah. yeah. So they're using their whole social media platform for people to share this event and tag each other. And they're, they're getting like almost a 800 to 1,000 kids at these events. Wow. And almost 800 or 1,000 kids. are like I think they had 1,000 kids and then 800 of them got saved. Wow. Now, these particular people I'm talking about, they didn't grow up raving. They were pastor's kids, conservative pastor's kids in the church. But God answered their prayer, gave them a call, a unique call, and now they're influencing their generation. And that's what the question says was what you what you were asking. How could how can we be more influential in our generation? Yep. It goes back always to discovering the call and the purpose that God called you to uniquely. Because we're all different. There's only ever going to be one of you, Samuel. There's only ever going to be one of me. And we're all individuals and God has a certain plan. And once you align yourself in that plan and purpose, then God is going to show up in your life and he's going to open doors and that's where you're going to have the impact. Some may impact thousands. Some may impact one, just like that one pastor. Um, the story goes, I heard it from the Billy Graham Association. Some of that worked there. The story goes that there was a, a pastor that was preaching for like, you know, 20 or 40 years in this town and no one got saved. And finally this one kid gets saved and it turned out to be Billy Graham. Yep. This dude was preaching for 40 years, and but he ended up, one kid gave their life to the Lord and it happened to be Billy Graham and he reached, I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So that was his purpose. His purpose was to preach for 40 years until he reached this one guy mm-hmm. and disciple basically, disciple people for 40 years. But then this one kid got saved and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. So it all, we don't know what God wants to do in our lives, but as we align ourselves with his will, he shows up and um, we see the fruit from that. All right. Thank you. Yeah, man. Take it easy. I think you nailed it right there because it is, it's just discovering that sweet spot that God has for you. A lot of people, you spin your wheels and you, you, the the worst thing you, you can do is trying to be somebody that you're not in every walk of life. Um, but definitely when it comes to the calling of God, because when you're trying to be somebody else and you're trying to kind of want what they have, their gifting, and it's not flowing with you, it's going to be awkward. There's going to be striving. But when you find out your niche, like where God's gifted you, then it just flows like you, you have peace. And that's where I encourage everybody to find uh, where God is. Um, Samuel, I lied. You need to go get a leather jacket, really <laughs> tight pants, and one of those big hats. <laughs> And some boots, and you'll be good. <laughs> Go preach. He's checking. That, be that, an individual. Yeah. Be that. an individual. There's only ever one of you, and there'll only ever be one of you. And God has a rad uh, purpose and a plan for your life. So follow him, pray to him, seek him, and you will find him. And he will lay out the plans. And once you get into that groove, it's on and cracking. I promise you, Samuel. Great That's call, sick. Samuel. Yeah, good stuff right there. Again, the number is uh, 888-564-6173, 888-564-6173, if you guys want to call in here this evening. All right, we got Dale. What's good, Dale? How you doing tonight? It's Gail. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, How you doing man? What, what's your uh, question tonight? Um, just, I'm a 74-year-old groupie, 
I'm kind of expounding on the last guy's call, and I commend you for what you're doing. Awesome, man. Thank you very much, Dale. Appreciate you. You know, I used to go to a church years ago that taught standing in the gap. And what it is is if, like, say someone's dying, uh, we used to go to to, two care facilities, and, uh, like, a lady was on a stretcher. The ambulance was taking her away. And we were taught that we could stand in the gap for somebody like that and pray over them the sinner's prayer. Mm. Uh, mm. Is that possible? Because, you know, now that years later, now that I've grown in the Lord, I, I don't, that's not biblical that I know of. Mm. And I just wondered what you've ever heard about it. Well, I think it goes to like what Ryan was talking about, you know, the, the sowing seed, right? Just like. Um, that, that one individual that just had that, that impact on Billy Graham's life and in a small way, nobody would even know his name able to impact his life. I believe that our prayers as we pray for other people can do wonders, like whether it's God ministering into those people's lives in, in, in a when they're sick, all the way from a nurse, somebody that's going to be meeting with them, all of it starts working in line. So we just do our part and allowing the Lord to work in their life, to lead them to the Lord, how that looks. We give that give that to the Lord. So I think I think that's an amazing thing. I think standing in the gap is an opportunity that everybody has. Prayer is, has the ability to reach here in Southern California all the way to China from where I'm sitting right now, standing in the gap that many would come to the, the you know, saving knowledge of the Lord. I think God could do anything. I think that God, he he made Adam out of dirt and breathed life into him. He raised Jesus from the dead. He could do anything. He spoke the stars and the earth into existence. When I see people in a car wreck or whatever, I'm driving by with my wife or whatever, I'm always like, Jesus, show up. We, I pray that God will, I mean, Jesus could show up on this guy's deathbed and just reveal himself at the end of the bed or in his mind. or how, I mean, God can do whatever he wants. And we know that when we pray as Christians that our prayers go directly straight to God, right? And Jesus is interceding for us. So... Yeah, stand in the gap, pray that God shows up in any situation. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, he's <laughs> I got a little pea brain, you know what I mean, compared to God. So I, I think God can do whatever he wants. And us, we, we live by faith, and we know that God is in control of all things. He calls the shots. And uh, praying for people and being in the gap, 100%. And your name is Gail. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Like Abigail. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not there yet. All right, brother. Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Hey, how's my dad? He's 73, right? 73. 73. 73. No? Yeah. Hey, I'm 70. <laughs> <laughs> he still eats ice cream later, night. Dude, he's putting it all over social media. He had like a, uh, what do you call that? Um, it looked like he had a, it was a 31 flavor Baskin Robbins pizza ice cream cake. Wait, not that. cake. Pizza cake. No, pizza ice cream. Hey. Whatever that's called. He's crazy. I love frozen milk duds. I guess he does. <laughs> I gotta eat some sugar. Let's see. How do you, let's take, uh, here we go. We're gonna take, uh, Mike. Mike's call. How you doing, Mike? What's good? All right. I'm doing all right. Right. What's what's your uh, question tonight? Uh, my question is how I was listening to you guys. You said earlier that you need to uh, uh, just you know read your Bible, follow God. Yeah. How, how exactly am I supposed to seek my purpose? Yeah. 
the thing I'm supposed to do, or do I just seek God and God just reveals it to me? I believe that you need to do what we said before, but then God will start putting, like he'll reveal things. He'll start laying things on your heart. You know what I mean? Like he'll start, like for instance, if you want to, uh, you know, if you're praying about God, you know, what, what do you want me to do? Like, that's what I was kind of doing in my life. I'll just use myself as an example. Like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And then as I was going through the scriptures, I'm going to church, reading, praying, just walking with God day in and day out. But yet, as I'm having conversations with him in prayer, I'm going, God, well, like, what do you want? Like, I'm getting psyched up on, like, the Bible and what, what he's done through the Bible. And, and, and it's really speaking to me. But I'm going, God, but what do you want to do with my life? And then all of a sudden, I would, I would sense, like, like a tugging in my heart, like to speak, like I would hear, I would hear Bible studies and I'd be like, man, man, if I was saying this Bible study, I would like to say it like this. I would like to deliver it more relatable, like use the word of God for what it says. But then I would like to relate this story more like this to like my demographic or to a younger demographic. I was getting these ideas. I was getting inspired by the Holy Spirit and this tug. But then I'd be like, wait a minute, I don't teach the Bible. I'm not doing that. It's crazy. (laughs) But then God kept tugging on my heart more and more. So then what I would do is then I started entertaining the thought, okay, God, if you open a door for me to go and speak, you know, any door, not not like at a big church or anything like that, but just like any door for me to kind of come share my story or speak or whatever, then I'll walk through it. And then God started to open these doors. And then I would share the little bit of word of God that I knew. And then it was like a snowball effect, one one thing to another. And the next thing you know, I'm teaching a small passage and I'm teaching a chapter. You know what I mean? So, so as finding your purpose is basically asking God to reveal what he wants you to do. And then when he starts tugging on your heart, then start praying, okay, God, open a door. And if you open the door, I'm going to walk through it. And then when he opens that door, walk through it. And the next thing you know, you're living that purpose. You're, you're in that groove. You're in that purpose that he called you for. And the whole way you've been talking to him. You've been, he's been laying on your heart. Then he starts opening doors and you start walking by faith through the door. And then next thing you know, you're like, whoa, this is, this is really amazing. And then he'll just start opening more doors and showing you more things that he wants you to do. But it's, it starts with baby steps. Does that make sense? It certainly does. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's what it's at. That is. And, you know, it's surrendered. It's, it's but these are questions that, honestly, like, these people people need to hear these answers. Yeah. Because these are simple things that no one ever explains in church. They just go, find your purpose. Yeah. And you're like, uh, what does that look like? It's It starts with surrender. It's, it's funny, and it's very practical like that, too. When you're talking about, like, oh, I would speak like, th- this is how I would break down this text. He's like, wait, that's kind of crazy for me to even think. Like, Why am I even thinking that? Right but now? I used to think yeah. that way when I would be sitting in, in the church, too, and I'd be listening to your dad. And I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to do that. I'm like, well, that, that's weird. weird. Like, why why do I even think that yeah. way? Like, that's not my, my, my cup of tea. But then as time would go on, you start seeing that God starts working in your heart, and it just becomes what you do like you can't deny it and you hey you know it's a call because remember when i first got saved mm-hmm. and i went to israel and i came back from israel and you guys were like hey i was with your brother on the side stage and there was a couple of the people from the trip and they're like hey everyone go out and talk about your israel trip remember i ran off the stage i didn't even go on the stage yeah. uh-huh. i was in the back side of the stage i was terrified to do that I remember yeah so you know i was called to go yeah and get on stage because i didn't want to be i was always like working behind the scenes with people not like in front or on the stage 
I was completely terrified of that, yeah. that whole vibe. But it was a call that God put. And then I knew when God gave me that message, when I'd be studying, then I was like, okay, I got something to say because God showed me this. And then that gives you the boldness. And this is just for like a, a speaking call, you yeah. know, but like if you're, if you're called to do any kind of ministry, God will lay it on your heart. He's going to empower you and, and put that call and he's going to send you. And it doesn't go away. You know, yeah. sometimes people can have emotional like things like this is what, oh, it'd be good to do this, that. Like someone that's like called to be a missionary, somebody that's called to be a missionary, it doesn't go away. Like they think about it. They pray about it. Like it's on their heart, you know. Um, for some people, they might just get moved by a commercial or they get moved by somebody, you know. Like an emotion. Yeah, talking about like there's a, there's a trip. There's a difference between an emotion yeah. and passion. Yes, Passion is where it just burns inside. You can't get this out of your mind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like always on your emotions. Like, oh, yeah, that movie, I cried at the end. Like, that's an emotion. Exactly. Passion is like going, dude, I need to take action. I can't. I, I have to do something about this. That's passion. Yep. And that's what we need. We need we need more passion in our Christian Christian walk than emotionalism. Yep. And that's where it comes down to, you know, one thing that Dan's always said, passion and vision, you have to have it. And passion comes from being, you know, connected with the Lord. And then when you have that passion, God's leading you by his spirit. There's going to be direction. There's going to be a vision like, Lord, I want you, I, I want to do amazing things. Lord, open up doors. And then it starts to be an exciting life. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take this, uh, take this call right here. We got John calling in. How you doing tonight, John? John, John we can't hear you. At all. He um, might uh, put the phone on hold and doesn't realize that we're ready. All right. Well, maybe we could uh, have these guys in the back over here get on it. Have the ninja get on it over there. Um, yeah, no, good stuff, dude. The whole, the whole call, the whole passion. That's a lot. This this is the common question. Yes. I've had students come to, up to me at the high school tours and, you know, the, someone that's not a uh, – someone – there's different students. You know, most of them are non-Christians, but then I've had a student come to, up to me after that was a Christian and she heard the message and she was just like, how do I find my purpose? Like, what, what's next? What do I do? Because everyone wants to do, everyone wants to find their purpose, but then they, like people just get stuck in they, this rut. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. This, but this rut's like, I think the rut is like going to church every week and then they're saying well that's that's my christianity people identify their christianity as them going well i go to church on sundays and wednesdays and mm -hmm. i go to the men's conferences or whatever and you know no yeah. that's where we get discipled that's not your your that's not like the call that god's called you to do that's where you get fed you learn about who jesus is and what the word is and that's where you get the passion for the word and to, to live that purpose but then you got to go and put it to get activated yes you just know? Like, yeah, just like with anything in life, it, it's training, right? It's that's the training course. But you got to go out and you got to go go on a mission trip or or go serve outside, get out of the church and go go live that. That's that. Jesus says, go out and make disciples. You know, because you want to see the power of God. To me, that's the one thing that has kept me. Because not only did I fall in love and saw the power of God by changing my desires and then seeing the depths of God's word, which has been amazing. But then also to see the power of God working through your life when you know what kind of person you once were and you're able to see like, wow, like how, how did God give me the wisdom to be able to, to communicate like that, to teach like that, to, to have discernment in this situation 
like, wow, like God's real. And what it does is it brings um, to an, an, a deeper walk with God. It really does. And it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning is when you does, you find out who you are, why you were created, it is really the beginning of life. And in the Christian life, it is vital. You don't want to live in a rut. You don't want to just kind of go in the grind like, oh, yeah, I know you get bored easy. I, can, I get it's bored too. Easy. And it's like, dude, if everything just becomes a routine, it becomes monotonous and there's no emotion, there's no connection, there's no passion, you're just you're dying. Why are we losing so many kids from junior high to high school and then college to leaving the church? Why? Yeah. Because youth group is not enough. It's boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go once a week, but that's you have to they could come once a week, but you need to get them ignited. They need to go get their hands dirty. You got the youth group pastor should be taking them out to doing stuff in the streets and going down to Skid Row and like just I mean, not just the homeless, but just different people going out and doing things. Right. The youth group is just to disciple them. Yep. But people think, oh, that's my Christian walk is me going to youth group. No wonder you're losing them. I mean, how exciting can youth group be? You know what I mean? It's 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 the foundation where they get the word. But you got to get people activated. Yep. You have to get them activated. This is why I want a creative center. I want a building. So fake kids could come. We could we could disciple them. We could uh Teach them how to produce events, how to get creative, how to do marketing, and how to, to how to uh, go out and, and send out missionaries and like a John the Baptist revivalist. You know what I mean? Yep. Like get them active and set them up and, and send them on little tours and stuff. Yeah. It, it needs to be a launch pad. You know what I mean? People people need to be launched. People need, want to be inspired to do do great things. So um, there are many opportunities. The Christian life, like we always say, is not supposed to be this, uh, a, uh, a boring thing. It is, it's truly like a, a new life and so many opportunities. And so if you guys are listening out there of the things that me and Ryan are talking about, whether it's uh, the struggles of life, whether it is discovering your call, it comes by surrender. It comes by connection. It comes by relationship. And when you you know, grow in that relationship with the Lord. God's going to lay upon your heart why he's created you. He's going to open up doors for opportunity, but you have to walk through those doors. You have to activate your faith. You have to step out by faith. It can't just be a verse that you memorize. It has to be a life to be lived. Yeah. I know a lot of people that know a lot of verses, right? but their their Christianity is absolutely dead. They could quote any verse. I know a lot of people that have a lot of tattoos <laughs> of scriptures verses. all over them. <laughs> But don't live them out, you know, <laughs> not all of them, but there's plenty. Um, but you don't want your, you don't, and it's just a bumper sticker. It's this, it's a magnet on a refrigerator. No, you will be called to live out. We walk by faith, not by sight. Do you believe this? Do you believe that any, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Like, do you believe that? Show it by your faith and trust in the Lord, and then you will experience the reason for which you were created for. 100%. So check it out. Listeners, we love you. God loves you even more. Call on Jesus Christ. Be Get saved. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, to just dig in. Live that life you are created for. We love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next weekend. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. 
to connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.